Hey, hey, what's happening, friends and supporters? Welcome to episode number 42 of Audit Bites. And today we're going to tackle a question that you've been dying to have answered. You want to know why your audit clients don't trust you? You want to know why your audit clients don't trust you? Well, that's exactly what we're going to talk about today. Today's episode is brought to us by the best book for auditors who want to learn how to ask better questions, get better answers so that they can ultimately perform better audits. That's also the title of the book, Ask, Get, Perform. Get it on Amazon or go to askgetperform.com. So the question that I have for you today is, have you ever felt like one of your clients just did not trust you? Have you ever felt like one of your clients just did not trust you? That is the question that I have for you today. Leslie, good to see you here. My man, Phil, good to see you here too. Leslie, have you ever felt like one of your audit clients did not trust you? I know it's a feeling that we have sometimes when we're trying to do our work. Because think about it. The nature of our job title alone seems to conjure up fear in people. I mean, think about this. When you hear the word auditor, I don't think people think about daisies and roses and sunshine and chocolate. And I'm a little hungry right now. So chocolate, right? But in actuality, most of us are very kind people. Most of us are extremely trustworthy. So when clients fear us, we tend to take it personally because we understand that most of us are generally good people. But I'm here to tell you we should not take it personally. Let me tell you a story. I remember one time I started a new role. And I started scheduling meetings with people because I just wanted to get to know them. That's all. I just wanted to get to know the people that I was going to be working with. I had no ulterior motives or anything like that. But what I noticed was they didn't want to meet with me. They didn't want to get to know me. They were extremely confused. You see, the guy before me, he never did that. They told me that they only saw him once a year, if that. They also told me that the previous person would oftentimes criticize them on petty issues. The previous person would criticize them on petty issues. So unfortunately, they weren't hearing what I had to say when I said, I just want to meet to get to know you. So back to the question that I asked, have you ever been in a situation where you felt like an audit client did not trust you and you didn't know why? And it seemed completely unwarranted. Now, while you take the time to answer that, let me tell you how it makes me feel and how this situation made me feel. You see, first, first I had self-esteem issues because I was wondering, like, why don't you like me? I'm a, I'm a genuine person. I'm a likable person. So I took it personally. But I was new. So let's not forget that. But again, I hadn't done anything to any of them. At least not not yet. Right. <laughs> but no, seriously, that was a joke. I hadn't done anything to any of them. So why the animosity towards me? Then after I you know, had my little self-esteem issues, I became a little bit upset, just a tad bit. You see, 
I'm an easygoing and kind person, or at least I'd like to think so. And many people who know me think so, too. So why would someone or a group of people have any animosity against me? So my feelings were hurt. If any of you felt that way, you kind of had hurt feelings at this point. So first, you're a little upset and you have these self-esteem issues wondering why don't they like you? Then you become really upset thinking, wait a minute, why don't they like you? <laughs> um, so I was a little bit hurt. But at the end of the day, I needed to get out of my own feelings and think about why were they behaving that way? I really needed to question why were they behaving that way? Now, Randall, Randall says, absolutely. So absolutely you felt like clients didn't trust you. Yeah, it's a horrible feeling to have. It's a very horrible feeling to have. Elizabeth, hey, good to see you. Good morning to you too. Now, my friend Andrew is here and Andrew says, I wonder why they wouldn't trust you. Do they, do they suspect the auditor of having selfish motives? You know, this was really interesting. We are probably one of the only groups in, in an organization that does not have selfish motives. Like, what would our ulterior motive be? My man Mansoor is here. Good to see you, man. Yes, you've had that feeling too. Yeah, it's a horrible feeling to have. Um, and I think too, hopefully I adequately and accurately describe the emotions that we go through. Because at first we're thinking, why don't you like us? And then sometimes that why don't you like us in a fearful way turns into a little bit of anger and resentment because we know that we're nice people. So today we're going to tackle that age old question of why your audit clients don't trust you. You see, what I learned in this situation is that it wasn't personal. It wasn't personal. The problem was they'd had a previous bad experience with an auditor. So that's our first reason as to why clients don't trust us. They had a bad experience. They had a bad experience. They had a bad experience and they were drawing on that past experience and now reliving that in the present with me. But don't we all do that? When we encounter a new situation, we think about the past and we try to draw parallels between the past situation and the present situation. And then when we do move forward, we base the things that we've experienced or the things that we've seen happen to other people on what's happening right now. So that is normal. It is extremely normal for our clients not to trust us initially, especially when they've had a bad past experience. So in this particular instance, I needed to get over myself. I was the blockage here. But then that begs the next question, how in the world can we do that? How can we get over our own feelings and move forward? How can we get over our own feelings and move forward? So when you all encounter clients like that, how do you move forward? I'm just really curious to know how in the world do you move forward? Now, Rima is here and she says, so far on all points applies to compliance. Yeah, it, it applies to compliance and audit. Definitely. One hundred percent. We are like family compliance and audit folks because we experience a lot of the same things. My friend, good to see you. Good to see you. Oh, Randall says it was worse when you used to work as a consultant. Yeah, it is. It is. It is 
exponentially worse when you work as a consultant because now not only are you seen as kind of like an auditor, but you're also the outside person coming into the organization. So how dare you come and try to talk to us and tell us things? So why audit clients don't trust you? The first reason is that they had a bad experience. But I don't want to just talk about the bad experience. I want to talk about how we can actually move forward from that. So the first thing you're going to do is probe their past. Now, I don't mean stalk them like a crazy boyfriend or girlfriend. The point is they may have had a previous experience with an auditor that was bad. If so, they may actually share what that auditor did and what they didn't like. Now, that information can be very helpful to you so that you can avoid those same mistakes. Also, if they were mad at something that auditor should have been doing, let me rephrase that. If they were mad at something that that auditor did and it was something that they should have been doing, you can possibly explain that to them so that they have a better understanding. And I'll give you an example of what I mean. In this particular situation where the client didn't trust me, the client stressed that the previous person would write them up on petty issues. And so I probed to find out, like, what do you consider petty? Now, they said in one instance, this auditor made an issue because their policy and procedure manual was not up to date. However, they had hired a technical writer to come in and write it, and that person was 96% complete but yet they still put this in an audit report and they felt like it made them look bad. I don't know what your approach is to that, but um, for me, I'm not sure if I would have been concerned enough about that to actually put it in an audit report. We would have had a verbal discussion about it. I would have notated it and then we would have been done with it. But this was something that they identified as being petty that happened regularly that made them upset. So we talked about some of the petty issues and quite frankly, when they told me the petty issues, they were quite petty. And seeing my approach and take on it did a little bit to break down that barrier. So, so when they have a bad experience, probe about their past and figure out exactly what it is so that you cannot repeat it. Now, here's the next thing I want you to do. You've got to learn their feedback style. Here's what I mean by that. Often when clients are angry, they're not going to tell you, but they are going to tell their fellow coworkers. Sometimes they're afraid to speak up. Other times they're just too angry to, and then sometimes they don't know how to. So they won't tell you, but they're going to tell <laughs> their fellow coworkers. They'll also let you know in subtle ways. For example, they'll be non-cooperative during audit engagements. You ever been stonewalled before while trying to complete an audit? Oftentimes there's an underlying meaning and so we need to learn how they actually provide feedback on an audit function. Now, if it's in a non-productive way, you wanna try and change that. For example, if they're gossiping to other people in other departments, why not come to you? You wanna partner with them. But if they've had a bad experience, more likely than not, they're not going to speak up because they're afraid, because they're reliving that bad experience in their head right now. They're reliving that bad experience in their head. Oh, yeah. Rima agrees with me. Totally. We're professional family, compliance and audit. 
that's why you're here to learn. Well, I'm just I'm just the guy that shares my experiences. If someone learns from it, then that makes me happy. Ah, wait a minute. Is this Elizabeth again? Yeah, Elizabeth is saying that feels nitpicky. Right. It does feel nitpicky to me, too. But think about this. We didn't do it. Somebody before us did it. But now we have to suffer the consequences of that bad experience that our client had. That is why I suggest you probe their past. See what kind of experiences they've had in the past, because it's going to affect how they operate with you. Then you learn their feedback style because they may not come to you and talk to you and tell you what has happened. Now, the third thing I want you to do. Oh, there's not a third thing there. My bad. So, yeah, probe their past, learn their feedback style. And then solicit information from them. If you learn that they've been talking about your department to other departments, confront the situation in a constructive way. Let them know that you're not like this bad experience so that you can move forward based on your own merit. Because trust me, we'll screw other stuff up. We, we don't want to be held accountable for somebody else's screw up. I only want to be held accountable for my own screw ups. Anybody else with me on that one? All right. Rajesh is here as an internal auditor, even though we are part of the same organization and trying to do better collectively for the organization. Still, auditee think that we're not on the same side. Yeah. And, and, you know, I have a lot of courses where I talk about why that is. But if you think about it, no one really likes to be criticized. And that really is the impetus behind it. It's it's the fact that we come in and we do provide a little bit of criticism sometimes and certain people can't take that the right way. Now, then on our end, sometimes we don't deliver it the right way. Sometimes we are destructive instead of constructive in the way that we deliver it. There's always two sides to every coin, as my grandmother used to say. So I want to thank you for joining me on episode number 42. We're not done yet. We are not done yet. I just like to take some time to thank you in the middle of the segment and sometimes to tell you about some things that are coming up. So for me, what I have coming up is a course that's in the beta stage. It's artificial intelligence for internal auditors. And what I'm doing in that course is I'm teaching you how to use how to use artificial intelligence in your internal audit engagements. Did you know that AI can actually do flowcharts for you? Did you know that? So here's the deal with this course. Since it's in beta, I'm raffling off free admittance to the course as long as you provide me with good feedback. That is the promise that you have to give me. Now, if you want to enter to win a chance to be in that course, I just dropped the link in the chat if you're on LinkedIn. So you should see that. And let me drop that link in YouTube too. give me just one moment. You guys, we are broadcasting everywhere. So I just dropped that link in YouTube and I dropped that link on LinkedIn. All you have to do is give me your name and email address and you'll be entered into the raffle. Again, the name of that course is let's see here. Artificial Intelligence for Internal Auditors. Artificial Intelligence for Internal Auditors auditors. Now, if that sounds like a course that you might be interested in, drop a yes into the chat for me right now. I just want to see who might be interested in that course. So now, now that I've gotten that out of the way, let's get back to our topic for today. Why your audit clients don't trust you? The first reason is because they've had a bad experience. Now, the second one, let me tell you about the second one. 
I've been talking to you about a very challenging client that I had. This client didn't want to give us documents that we needed to do our job. You see, they would drag their feet every time we asked to meet. They would also flip out when we asked them for access to their system. They would always ask the same questions. What are you going to do with that? Why do you need that? And then they would say, I don't think you need that information. So let's just say that it was a difficult dynamic. What we did was we moved forward in kindness. We attempted to address their concerns, but we remained as professional as possible. We somehow made it through the audit over budget and overstressed. And when it was over, we ended up helping them in a way that actually added to their bottom line. You see, we found that there was some missing money on the table and we were able to help them to recoup some revenue. After we helped them recoup some revenue, they made a comment saying that they were not aware that we could actually help and add value to the organization, which was very interesting because we had been saying that all along. But that brings me to the second point as to why clients don't trust you. They don't know you yet. They don't know you. Think about this. From the time we're children, we're told not to trust strangers. Anybody remember stranger danger? You'd warn your kids, don't talk to strangers. You think that ends when we're adults? No, we have this apprehension with strangers because we don't know what they're going to do to us or say to us. So when clients don't know us, oftentimes they are extremely apprehensive. Which kind of goes back to if they don't know us, the first point, they don't want to relive a bad experience. If they don't know us, they don't want to relive a bad experience. Ooh, I'm getting really excited. Many of you are saying that you would be interested in that course that I have. Hey, Jocelyn, how are you? Ah, yes, the flow charts. It does sound cool. Mansoor, when I, when I discovered it, I was like, wait a minute. You mean to tell me you, I was in some shock, man. <laughs> Andrew, Andrew, we'll hop on a Zoom and I'll, I'll, I'll show you what I'm talking about. Thanks for joining, Brenda. Thanks for joining. Thanks for joining. <laughs> Are we ever referred to as sales prevention? You know what? We don't get that that often, but you compliance people get that a lot, Rima. You know, people are like, you compliance people don't want us to make any sales with all these compliance rules. I do understand where you're coming from with that. I've only heard it a few times as an auditor. All right, all right, all right. So let's get back to it. Look, if they don't know you, they're not going to trust you. As humans, we're just wired that way. And it's unfortunate, but it's a protection mechanism. So, so what can we do about that? What can we do about that? So, the first thing you need to do is determine your touch points with your clients, which is why I was trying to schedule meetings, as I said earlier in the first story, with that client. The more people see you, they start to know you, like you, and trust you. And so determine how many times you actually go visit your clients during the year. If the first time they see you is during an audit engagement, you're doing it all wrong. They should see you on a regular basis. You know, because at some point they're going to start to get familiar with you. And at some point, 
those walls are going to start to break down. So determine your touch points with your clients. Now, the next thing I want you to do is analyze the outcome of those touch points. Let me tell you, I had one client. Every time I would see him, he would snarl. And I don't mean that literally. I mean figuratively. But he would give me this look like, what are you doing here? And then one day I saw this man smile. I didn't even think he was capable of smiling. And then after that, the smile turned to a laugh. And, you know, because he kept seeing me and he kept understanding that, even though you think auditors are robots, we are not. We are human. He actually told me one day, he said, you know, you actually are human. And while, <laughs> while I know he was being somewhat funny, it was like a backhanded compliment, right? It was like a backhanded compliment. So look at your touch points, how many times they actually see you and increase those if you're not seeing them enough. And then analyze the outcomes because what you're going to see is initially, they may stonewall. Then they may just be a little frigid. Then they may be lukewarm. Then all of a sudden, you have a really good, warm relationship with them. Yeah. So now the third thing I want you to do is adjust yourself accordingly. You see, when you start determining your touch points and analyzing your outcomes, you're going to realize that some clients you neglect and you may need to see more because you're visiting your favorite clients. You may need to visit your favorite clients a little bit less. They already like you. So who are you trying to convince at this particular point? And let me go back and say something else. Your goal is not really to get them to like you. It's to get them to respect you. I don't really care if you like me or not, as long as you show me common courtesy, decency, and respect. But you can never learn to build that respectful, professional relationship with someone if you don't ever see them. Like, that's impossible. That can't even happen. So now, today, we're talking about why your audit clients don't trust you. I remember one time I had a client that was really upset with us and we couldn't figure out why. Now, remember I said earlier, oftentimes they won't tell you why they're upset with you. Most times they won't tell you why they're upset with you, but they will tell other people. So we were trying to figure out, like, what did we do wrong? Like, what did we do that was so bad to make you hate us? We are innocent. We are angels. Look at the halo. No, I'm just, that was that was another joke. But no, seriously, we thought that we had done no wrong to them. When we dug a little deeper or <laughs> a lot deeper, turns out they were disappointed with an audit report that we had produced. You see, there was something that they actually wanted us to put in the report. And apparently we had forgotten to add it. It was an honest oversight, wasn't even done on purpose, but they were upset about it. And like I said previously, most times when they're upset, you won't even know why they're upset. So again, it was an honest oversight, but they were upset and they said nothing to us until we really pressed hard. Like, what is going on? Like, why such an attitude? No, we didn't say it exactly like that. So now this brings us to the next reason why clients don't trust you. And that reason is, well, you 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 actually did do something like you. You actually did something to upset them. So let's recap and then we'll move forward. So clients don't trust you because they had a bad experience with auditors before has absolutely nothing to do with you. But now you are paying the penalty for someone else's past mistakes. You've got to fix that. 
The second reason they don't trust you is because they don't know you, at least not yet. How many people do you just automatically trust 100 percent the first time you meet them? And the third reason they don't trust you is because you actually, well, did do something. So here's some tips to find out if you if you've done something and what you did. First, ask them if you've offended them. Now, the first few times, they're probably going to say, no, everything is fine because they are afraid. But you need to ask and you need to ask more than once. What's going on, Bonita Lee? My friend B is here. B says trust takes time. That is right. It takes time. I trust you, my friend, but I trust you because we're friends and we've known each other for quite some time now. Very interesting, you say. What is interesting about it? I want to know what is it that you find interesting about what I'm saying right now? What is it that you find interesting about what I'm saying right now? So now, ask them if you've offended them and just realize you're going to have to ask more than once because one time will not be enough. The next thing I want you to do is clarify their concerns. For example, when we ask them what was wrong, they didn't tell us until after like the third or fourth time asking and they said, well, you did not put whatever it is we wanted you to put in the report. We don't understand why you didn't do it. You just didn't want it in there. Now, when we went back and looked at our QA process, it was just an oversight. And we explained to them that it was an oversight. We actually reissued the report. Now, this was something that was so simple and it could have been avoided. But, you know, we as humans, we don't communicate well with one another, which is why we have so many communication courses, which is heck why most of you guys listen to me because I talk a lot about communication because I failed a lot at communication. And so I've learned how to be better at it. But we're all failures at it. Think about it. We have to try real hard to communicate well. So anyway, clarify whatever their concern is, because it may be. Just a simple mistake. Now, the third thing I want you to do is apologize if necessary. Notice I said, if necessary. If necessary. You see, sometimes people will want you to apologize when no apology is necessary. So now, if you've asked them if you've offended them, and then you've clarified their concerns and you find out that you are wrong, don't sit there and wallow in wrong. Apologize. Hey, I'm sorry that we did ABC. We'll try to do better next time. All right. Got a question here and I'm not quite sure what you're asking. Ask about what? Ask about what? I don't know. Maybe you're talking about point number one. So I'll, I'll cover that again. Ask them if you have offended them. You see, if you've done something to offend a client, they may not tell you and you need to ask them, hey, have I done something to upset you? Have I done something to offend you? Has our department done something to upset you or offend you? You want to make sure you explicitly ask, have you done something? My man Alawa is here. Hey, man, good to see you. Wait a minute, man. It's kind of late over there for you, isn't it? It's about, what, eight, nine o'clock at night? He says earning trust requires constructive relationships, too. Absolutely. It requires a two-way street. It requires for you to be kind to your clients and for your clients to be kind to you. Oh, and Bonita and Rima are having a conversation here, and I don't know what the conversation is about, so I am going to step out <laughs> of this particular conversation. All right, so listen. 
episode number 42 of Audit Bites, why your clients don't trust you. Listen, if you like this podcast, go to your favorite podcasting platform and subscribe. Also, leave us a review, preferably a five-star review, please. Thank you. Here's the other thing. If you like my delivery and my style and the way I explain things, I am a audit trainer. That is what I do. So if your organization needs someone to come in and train their entire audit department, I guarantee you we can do it in an economically friendly manner. And you get good quality. If you are an IIA chapter and you need a trainer, you know who to call. Go to my website, thatauditguy.com. So thank you for joining me on this episode. And my friends, we'll see you next time. Goodbye.